2: comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, Well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes.
1: Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money dollar. Leave the gun. you, cannoli. Quiet numbskulls,
3: I'm broadcasting. Hello everyone, I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, Lon Clark stars as that most famous of all manhunters, on Nick Carter, master detective from 1947. Then Lynn Barry guest stars on part one of the Abbott and Costello show from 1943. But first, let me say hello to my co-host. Uh, the hostess with the mostest, and the biggest dimples on the planet, Lisa Wolf. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Carl. What's happening?
4: Well, you know we are both fans of Woody Allen.
3: Oh, correct. Yeah. And we know it's my favorite.
4: I know mine too, so we actually agree on that. His TV series Crisis in Six Scenes released its first full trailer this week, and uh-huh. I watched it. Yeah. This is an original Amazon series. It mm. begins September thirtieth.
3: Of course, you Woody- can only watch it in the Amazon.
4: That's correct, in the Amazon. You have to go to the Amazon to watch it. I
3: would probably do that to watch something. Do you have
4: Amazon? Yes. Okay, so you're good. Woody Allen, of course, is the writer. And the director and he stars in it wow. as well. So interesting. He's, you know, so you see the trailer on
3: Amazon or can you see no, it? You on... can see it anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Um,
4: so th- of course, this is his first entry into television and he was talking about how very difficult this has been for him, ah. much more difficult than he had expected. Really? It's been really, really, uh, uh, a labor of love kind of thing. And he
3: needs to cast us and then we'll make it easier for him.
4: <laughs> I'm sure either that or, or not so easy for him. (laughs) Uh, But what he did cast is Miley Cyrus, and she's a big force in this, a big part of the trailer. Uh, And uh, it takes place in the 1960s, a middle-class family, and they're visited by a guest, Miley Cyrus, who they say turns the family upside down. It's hard for me to tell exactly what's going on, but it appeared that she had met him for the first time. Not clear on what the relationship was from that. Um, But her character says to Woody Allen, she says, I don't dislike you, just everything that you stand for. Uh, So it sounded, you know, it looked like a typical Woody Allen dysfunctional family. Um, I I was drawn in for certain. I can't wait to see it.
3: You know what? If it's Woody Allen, I will watch it. I am in. All right. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Carl. All righty. Time now for Nick Carter, Master Detective. It was a radio crime drama series based on tales of the famed detective from Street and Smith dime novels and pulp Magazines Like Sherlock Holmes, Nick Carter often solved cases too tough for police, earning him the moniker Master Detective. With Lon Clark in the title role, the series began in 1943, sponsored by Old Dutch Cleanser, which I don't think is around anymore. Old Dutch. Old Dutch Cleanser. Jock McGregor was the show's producer-director, and scripts were by Alfred Bester, David Cogan, and others. Patsy Bowen, Nick's assistant, was portrayed by Helen Schott until mid-1940. 46, then Charlotte Manson stepped into the role. Energetic reporter Scubby Wilson was played by John Kane. Sergeant Matheson, Ed Latimer. And he was Nick's contact at the police department. Michael Fitzmorris was the program's announcer. It enjoyed a 23-year run. Nick Carter, Master Detective, ended September twenty-fifth, 1955. All right, Lisa Wolf. it's time now for Nick Carter, Master Detective. Let's go back to April twentieth, 1947, for the case of... Of the Lucrative Rex, starring Lon Clark. Here's part one of Nick Carter, Master Detective.
1: Old Dutch Cleanser, famous for chasing dirt, presents Nick Carter, famous for chasing crime. Every week at this time, two great names are joined as Old Dutch Cleanser brings you one of the most resourceful and daring characters in all detective fiction Nick Carter, Master Detective.
0: Set, Patsy, for a little
5: accident? Hi. I guess so, Nick. I feel like a Hollywood stuntwoman woman about to be pushed off a cliff.
0: It does do as I told you. There shouldn't be any danger.
5: The underwriters association's going to feel awfully bad about having this nice new car wreck.
0: Not if it gets results, they won't. All right, hold tight. Here's the curve. And here we go. <laughs>
1: The Case of the Lucrative Wrecks. Today's exciting Nick Carter adventure brought to you by Old Dutch Glencer. Our story begins with a young couple, Bob and Peggy Anderson, trying out their brand new car. Ah, uh, listen to that motor purr, Peggy. Oh,
0: it feels good to be at the wheel of a new car again.
5: Bob, this hill is steep. Maybe there's a curve at the bottom. <laughs>
0: if there were a curve, it would be marked. You don't see any marker, do you?
5: No, but...
6: Bob, there is a curve. Bob? Gosh, hold tight, Peggy? The fence! We're going through the fence! Oh. Oh. Peggy.
0: Peggy, you all right?
5: I. I guess so. Oh, how about you? Oh,
0: I. I uh, got a bump in my head, I guess, but no bones broken. Oh. Okay. Can I let me help you out?
5: Yeah. Oh, Bob, our new car, it's a total wreck.
0: Yeah. Golly, we not only went through the fence, we went halfway through the wall of this barn. Say, you too. Don't try to get away. Well, who's trying to get away? Put down that shotgun, you idiot. Young fella, you might in
2: here ruin my barn with your reckless driving. Done near a thousand dollars damage to it. A
5: thousand dollars? The whole barn isn't worth that. Don't go
2: getting sassy, young lady. I'm a deputy sheriff, I am.
0: Oh, now, look, mister, we... That name is Dylan. Dillon. All right, Mr. Dillon. You'll get paid for the damage as soon as I can arrange it. I want cash, young fella. Oh, I, I haven't got enough with me.
7: I get the cash, or
0: I hold your car. Look, we can work this out somehow. Yeah? Well, look, uh, tell you what. I got a nephew in the garage business.
7: and this wreck of yours might be worth two or 300 to him. Now, here's my proposition. I'll take what's left of the car and call it quits. Oh, wait a minute. Fair. Take it, or
0: leave it. Well... Oh, all right. I know when I'm licked. (laughs) Yeah, face. Another reckless afternoon.
7: Mighty nice new royal coop. Here's a bill of sale. Yeah, good work, Dylan. <laughs> Arranged another wreck by taking down that sign that says "Warning: Curve Ahead." Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I sure did, Rocky. Okay, Dylan. Make out that bill of sale to Elmer Eustace. Uh, same as usual, huh? Right. And uh, Rocky. Yeah. Look in the files and see if we got a wine-colored Royal Coupe, model seventy-six. Okay. Got a customer for a new job. Just itching to pay a big price. Well, there's no Model 76 Royal Coupe listed in the boss's files. Ah. All right, Rocky, come on. Let's go out and see if we can pick one up.
1: Well, uh, there are the records, Mr. Carter. In the past three months has been a positive epidemic of thefts
0: of new cars. Uh, Mr. Benson, hasn't a single car been recovered? Not one. That's why the Underwriters Association is asking you to take the case. Very well. But I warn you, I'll have to have a free hand no matter how strange my methods may seem. Of course. Now, uh, what can we do for you first? I'd like a list of all the cars stolen in the last three months, together with the names of their owners, certainly.
1: Oh, uh, Miss Collins.
5: Yes, Mr. Benson.
1: Have you the car theft file? Oh,
5: yes, Mr. Benson. I thought you'd want it. Here it is. Oh,
1: thank you. Uh, that's all right now, Miss Collins.
5: Yes, Mr. Benson.
1: Here you are, Mr. Carter. Anytime you want me, day or night, please call me. If I'm not in, call Miss Collins. Oh, uh, here. Here's her home phone number. And, uh, here's mine. Thanks.
0: Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got some work to do.
5: Oh, Nick. Hmm? Oh, yes, Patsy. If you can beg. to give up playing with those radio sets for a minute. Mr. Benson from the underwriters is here. Mm,
0: good. I was just going to call him. There. All right. Show him in, Patsy.
5: Right, Nick. Mr. Benson, will you step in here?
0: I'll say I will. Mr. Carter, do you realize that it's 48 hours since we gave you a free hand on this case? And in that time, you haven't lifted a finger. Oh, yes, I have, Mr. Benson. In my own way, of course. Do you know that another one of our clients had his car stolen last night? Yes, I know, and I'm sorry. But I couldn't do anything last night. Now I can. Well, uh, that's
1: something at least.
0: I'll need three cars from you. Three new cars. Three new cars? What for? That I can't tell you. But give me the three cars, and I think I can promise you action in a hurry. Hmm, well...
1: All right, all right. I guess it can be arranged.
0: I'll have him here this afternoon. But frankly, Mr. Carter, we want
1: results.
5: Well, Nick, I just left the last of those three cars at 7th and Washington Streets. Now maybe you'll break down and tell me what this is all about.
0: Why, Patsy, I thought you'd figure the whole thing out by now.
5: Oh, all I know is that you had me park those three beautiful new cars in different parts of the city. And they're supposed to be bait for this car-stealing gang. But why didn't you have me put them someplace where you can watch
0: them? Oh, but I am watching them, Patsy.
5: Oh, are you kidding?
0: I am not. Huh? Under the back seat of each of those cars, I've hidden one of those little radios you said I was playing with. What? They're really small, compact sending sets with an individual signal in a two-mile range. Catch on?
5: Oh, I think I do, Nick. If anybody steals one of those cars...
0: The radio starts sending out a signal automatically. <laughs> and with a direction finder in my car, we can follow the stolen car straight to the gang's hideout. Now, if that gang will just pick up one of those cars...
5: Nick, they have. How do you like that for service? Wait.
0: That's the signal from the Royal Coop you parked at the corner of 6th and Johnson. we got to get there fast. <laughs>
5: straight ahead of us, Nick. The signal's been getting louder ever since we turned that last corner.
0: Yeah. Thieves are taking it out this road. Must be headed for someplace in the suburbs.
5: But there's nothing in sight, except that big truck up ahead. Why don't you pass it?
0: Because that wouldn't do any good.
5: Huh? What do you mean? I
0: mean, the stolen is on that truck, well, under that big canvas.
5: Why, well, I never thought of that.
0: Neither did I. Not until I saw that the truck was the only thing in sight. Pretty clever way of transporting a stolen car, isn't
5: it? Oh, I'll say it is. Uh-oh, a freight train coming.
0: Yeah, I better stop back here. I don't want to get too close to the truck.
5: No, I'd... Nick, the truck's not stopping. Wait, Scott.
2: They're going to try to get across the tracks in front of the train. Oh, Nick. Confound it, they made it. But we can't. And look
5: at the length of this train. It must be a mile long. Worse than that, it's stopping do you like that? I
0: don't. While this darn thing gets out of our way, that truck will be so far away, we won't be able to pick up the radio signal. certainly looks as though luck's
1: against us. It is the following afternoon, and Nick and Patsy in Nick's car are cruising around town hoping to pick up a signal from one of the other cars they planted as bait hadn't been for that doggone
0: freight train, I might have the gang rounded up by now.
5: Nick, yes. listen. Huh? That's the signal from the radio in the Royal Coupe that they got away with. Yeah.
0: It's getting louder.
5: Now it's getting faint again.
0: And did you notice that it got louder just as that wine-colored Royal Coupe ahead passed us?
5: Say, that's the car that was stolen from us.
0: Well, it's not getting away from us again. we to force it to the curb.
6: Hey, pull over. What's the big idea? Pull over and stop. Why, you stupid... Watch out! Say, what's going on here?
0: You tried to wreck me. Oh, no, I didn't. I just want to stop you. That's a stolen car you're driving. Stolen car? You're crazy. I just bought it an hour ago. Paid spot cash for it. Maybe, but it's still a stolen car. Now, see here. I'm Judge Pearson, and if you think... Judge you... Pearson, my name is Carter. Nick Carter.
7: Oh. Oh, sure. I've heard of you, Mr. Carter. I've heard of you, Mr. Carter.
0: But I still say I bought this car legally. Hmm, look, here's the bill of sale. Mm-hmm. Sold you by a man named Elmer Eustace. Address three one nine two Grand Avenue. bill of sales in order, all right. The engine number it gives is wrong. But it can't be wrong. Look at the number on the engine and see for yourself. Thanks, Judge, I will.
5: This is the car, all right. I recognize that tiny scratch
7: on the door.
0: So do I. The engine number will clinch it. Let me get the hood
5: up.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: Now let's see. D four seven
5: seven seven eight nine. Well, that's the number on the bill of sale, but that's not the motor number of the coupe that was stolen from us. No, it's not.
0: <sighs> and it's obviously the real motor number. hasn't been tampered with in any way. Well, are you satisfied? Yes, I. Yes, I've made a mistake, Judge.
2: I told you so. Next time, better make sure of your facts. <laughs>
5: You let him go. You didn't even look to see whether the radio was under the back seat.
0: Didn't have to, Patsy. That's the car that was stolen, all right, even if the engine number is different. Well. Patsy, listen. Go down to the Motor Vehicle Bureau and find out who originally registered a Royal Coupe with motor number D477789. Right.
5: Where are you going?
0: I'm going to drop in on Mr. Elmer Eustace, the man who sold that car to Judge Pearson. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'd like to speak to Mr. Eustace. Is he in?
5: Uh, yes, he's in, young man. But I don't know if he'll speak to you. I think he will. May I come in, please? Oh no, young man Elma doesn't live here. He lives next door.
0: Next door?
5: Yes. Right there on the other side of the fence. But that's a cemetery. Yes. Elma's been dead twenty years. <laughs> So, Elmer Eustace has been dead for 20 years.
0: Yes, Patsy, very dead. And what did you find out at the Motor Vehicle Bureau?
5: Oh, well, the car you asked about was registered several days ago by a man named Robert Anderson. He lives only a few blocks from here, so on the way back, I stopped in to see him. What did he say? Well, his story, Nick, is that he bought a wine-colored royal coupe and wrecked it the same day. He gave the wreck to a man named Frank Dillon to pay for damage the car did to Dillon's barn when it ran off the road. Uh, The car, I mean, not the barn.
0: That backs up my theory completely. Hmm? Patsy, how would you like to join me in a nice, cacophonic auto accident? All set, Patsy?
5: Well, I guess my football helmets aren't had enough, Nick. I feel just like a movie stunt girl who's about to be pushed off a cliff.
0: Well, just hold tight. There won't be any danger. You hope. Well, Look. There's Dylan's barn, just around the turn, down at the bottom of the hill. I
5: can see it in the headlights, Nick.
0: My hunch is right. Dylan's part of the gang. My bet is that he's responsible for the accident young Anderson had. And somehow or other got Anderson to turn the wrecked car over to him.
5: But if you think the gang also stole the royal crew, we used his bait. Base...
0: It was the same model as Anderson's, Patsy. Only they took the engine out of Anderson's car and put it in the stolen car. But
5: why would they do that? Because
0: they got the bill of sale from Anderson. Then when they put the engine from his car into the car they stole, the whole deal looked very legal.
5: So that's how they disguised the cars they stole. That's
0: how. And now we're going to have the same kind of accident Anderson had. Okay, Patsy, here's the curve. Hold tight. <laughs> You all right, Petsy?
5: Well, all things considered.
0: Quick, give me your helmet. I'll put it in the suitcase with mine. Here you are, Nick. They're out of sight. Hey, you! Pretend to be unconscious, Patsy. I'm going to pick you up and carry you.
5: Mm, I could learn to like
0: this. Hey, you two. Don't try to get away. What do you mean, get away? We've had an accident. Yeah, I'll say you have. Darn near knock my barn down. Must have done a $1,000 worth of damage to it. I'll settle for the damage, but this lady's hurt. Got to get her in the house and call a doctor. What about my barn? I'll take care of that later. You can keep the car for security. Huh? Well, all right, come on this way. All right, I'm following you.
7: And keep on following him, Carter. What? This is a gun against your back, so no funny business. All right, Carter. Put the dame on that sofa and sit down here with her. Anything you say. There you are, Patsy. Oh. Make mm. yourself comfortable, Carter. Thanks. I'm calling the big boss to ask about your funeral.
0: See that there are lots of flowers.
7: Why, you won't be smelling them. Hello, boss, this is Ace Williams. Listen, Rocky and me are at Dillon's. We were giving him his payoff tonight when he in walks Nick Yeah, tried to pull a fake accident, but me and Rocky got the drop on him. Now, look, boys. We got an idea. He's already wrecked his car, see? So why don't we put it on the truck and haul it out to the old Morgan Quarry? It's about 60 feet deep. Me, Sure, we can put him and the girl in the car and push it off. They're going to kill us. Easy, Patsy. We're not dead yet. That's the idea. Yeah, just a nice, clean accident. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Well, Carter, you can pick up the dame again. The four of us are going for a little ride, but only me and Rocky are coming back.
3: That's the first portion of Nick Carter, Master Detective. We'll get back to it after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello What's
2: the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second Who's on first? One base at a time
3: Gunsmoke I'm that man Matt Dillon, United States Marshal Inner Sanctum This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door Fibber McGee and Molly What day is this? Oh, no, let me see And receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now let's get back to Nick Carter, Master Detective.
7: Gee, Carter, you sure make a pretty picture standing there on the edge of the quarry holding that dam in your arms. Hey, Rocky, give me a hand back here. Yeah, okay, so I'll be right with you.
5: Except they have got the car balanced right on the edge of the quarry. It means they won't have to
0: push it very far once they get us
6: inside.
0: Oh. Patsy, how about a little swim?
5: But, why,
0: Nick, are Cook? you... The quarry's almost filled with water. You can see it ripple in the moonlight.
5: Yes, it's only about 20 feet from the top.
0: Okay. We were to put a fast one on these thugs.
7: Okay, Carter, we're all set. Now, if you... That's and... what you think, Ace. Hold tight, Patsy. Hey! What
2: hey. you Hey, you can't... They over the
0: I'm the rocking. Get yeah. in the quarry. Yeah, so. All right, Patsy. I guess so. Make it easy now. Make as little noise as you can. They can't see us, but they might judge
2: where we are by the sound.
7: I think you're a wise guy, don't you, Carter? Let's see how you like this. And here's some more good like magic.
1: moment at least, Nick and Patsy have beaten the crooks at their own game. But they're not out of danger yet. We'll see what happens next in just a moment. (laughs) Now back to the case of the lucrative wrecks. Today's adventure with Nick Carter brought to you by All Dutch Cleanser. We pick up our story with Nick and Patsy in the water in the old quarry. Ace and Rocky, standing at the edge of the quarry, are shooting at them through the darkness.
0: They stopped firing. And they haven't hit us.
5: That doesn't mean they won't.
0: Stay close to the edge of the quarry, that's They're the right over us. Can't see us as they move to the other side.
5: And suppose they do?
0: My guess is that they have no more bullets. I counted the shots. There were 12, six apiece.
5: Maybe they're reloading.
0: You better take that chance.
5: Nick, we glad
7: you brought here. Swell. We can pull ourselves up on it. <sighs> <sighs> okay, oh, my cold. Yes. Oh, Nick. Yeah, you'll never get out of there alive.
0: What are you going to do? Shoot us with empty guns.
7: You ain't got no gun either, Carter.
0: That's why you're wrong. I always carry a little spare and a waterproof case.
7: Quit your kidding, Carter. You're done for. Call this kidding? Hey, thanks! Yeah, it's got a come. I'm beating it. Yeah, so am I, Rocky. But don't worry. They'll never get out of there. They'll drown like rats in a trap.
5: Nick, is he right? Maybe we can't get out of here.
0: Maybe not. But we're going to try. <laughs> Oh, Patsy, that wasn't so bad, was it?
5: Oh, now that it's all over, it wasn't so bad. But for a few minutes, Nick, I thought we'd never live to get back here to the office. Well, we made it,
0: and that's all that counts.
5: Uh, uh, dry clothes help, too. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I have these extra things here at the office. <laughs> what now, Nick?
0: I've got an important phone call to make. As soon as I'm through, I'll get going again.
5: <laughs> okay. Hello?
0: Hello, Miss Collins. This is Nick Carter.
5: Oh, yes, Mr. Carter.
0: I have an important message for Mr. Benson. He doesn't seem to be home. Could you take it down and try to locate him?
5: Why, of course. What is the message?
0: Just tell him that I've identified three of the gang and have a police dragnet out for them. Hope to have them in custody by morning.
5: Mr. Benson will be delighted to hear that, Mr. Carter. I'll see that he gets the message as soon as possible.
0: Thanks very much, Miss Collins. Good night. Ah, That's that. And now I'm going out to find that gang's headquarters.
5: Find the headquarters. But, Nick, they didn't give us a single clue to its location.
0: Oh, yes, they did. Just one clue.
5: Huh?
0: And I'm going to build that clue into a whole courtful of convictions.
5: But, Nick...
0: You stay here by the phone. When I call, come running with Sergeant Matheson. And every man he can get his hands on. <laughs>
7: Look, you two, the boss will be here in a minute, and I'm doing the talking, you understand? Yeah, sure, is, sure. Yeah, we understand. Hey. Yeah, that's the boss now. Open the door, Rocky. Yeah, sure is. Hey, come in, boss. We're all here like you wanted. Close that door. Yeah, sure. Fools bunglers. Huh? Well, what do you mean? So you got rid of Nick Carter, did you? I yeah, sure we did. And I suppose it was his ghost that just telephoned me. Just, just telephoned you? Nick Carter? Oh, he did. And he's
5: identified all three of you. Uh, but it ain't possible. You didn't kill him. So now I gotta kill you. All of you. Oh, no, no, Mrs. No, no, Eustis, now wait, listen. You fail and you put me in a dangerous position. If I let you live, you know what it is. All right, drop that
0: gun, Mrs. Okay, Carter. Okay. what did he come? Pretty point. good act you put on this morning when I came out to question you. And I didn't stay fooled. You
5: coward! are well, you won't do something... I'll shoot a... the
0: first man that moves. We, we, we ain't oh, moving, Carter. Good. I'll drop that gun, Mrs. Eustace. Kick it over this way.
6: That's better. Hey,
7: look, Carter. How'd you find us?
0: You'll find out, Ace. At first, if Mrs. Eustace doesn't mind, I'd like to remove her yeah, wig. You, wig. Hey, it is that. a wig. This is going to be quite a shock to Mr. Benson, isn't it, Miss Collins?
7: Hey, what's this Miss Collins stuff? Yeah,
0: I thought she was Mrs. Eustace. She's both. You see, boys, by wearing this gray wig, Miss Collins became Mrs. Eustace. Well, I'll be... Of course, be... by the time Miss Collins gets out of jail, she won't have to wear a wig. Her own hair will be gray. <laughs>
5: Well, I'll be darned. So Miss Collins was a mastermind of the car-stealing ring. That's right, Patsy.
0: As Benson's secretary, working right there in the office of the Underwriters Association, she was in a perfect position to furnish the others with the information that made the racket a success. But
5: well, why did she play the part of Elma Eustace's poor old widow?
0: Oh, that was a smokescreen. To hide her real identity from the gang. Oh. I imagine her original plan was that when the racket petered out, Mrs. Eustace would just vanish. And since none of the gang knew that she was also Miss Collins... They wouldn't be able to blackmail her later, or implicate her in any way.
5: But I still don't see what made you suspect her.
0: That one clue I mentioned, Patsy. Hmm? When Ace phoned from Dylan's place, I counted the clicks as he dialed. 333-444 three, 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 four, four, four was the number he called. That was the same number Benson had previously given me in case I ever had to call Miss Collins. That was all I needed to know.
5: Gee, but it sounds simple. When you explain it. <laughs> now perhaps you'll tell me how you found the hideout.
0: Oh, that was easy. You see, when I phoned Miss Collins and in that way let her know you and I had escaped, I knew she'd head straight for the hideout. Why, of course. Well, I got to the place she lives just before she left.
5: Oh, but how'd you find out where she lived?
0: Had Maddie trace her phone number. He gave me her address this morning.
5: And where did she live, Nick?
0: Right smack across the street from where Mrs. Eustace lives.
5: Well, what do you know?
0: From there on, it was a cinch. I saw her when she came out of the house fixed up at Mrs. Eustace and then followed her straight to the hideout. Any more questions?
5: Hmm? Oh, Yes, teacher. Who owns that spiffy new sedan parked outside of the curb? That?
0: Well, Patsy, it just happens that was an order for Miss Collins. But since she won't be needing a car for ten years or so, the underwriters bought it and insisted on presenting it to me. Well,
5: oh, that's wonderful.
0: Miss Bowen. may I give you a ride home?
5: Why, Mr. Carter, it will be a pleasure. It isn't every day that a poor working girl... Nick, that truck. It's going to skid right into
6: my car.
7: Oh,
5: Nick, if that
0: is the darnest break. Uh, Here I get a brand new car. Don't even get a chance to blow the horn.
1: Carter, Master Detective, is presented each week at this time and over these same stations by the Cudahy Packing Company, makers of All Dutch Cleanser. Nick Carter, Master Detective, produced and directed by Jock McGregor, is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. Lon Clark is starred as Nick, with Charlotte Manson featured as Patsy. Today's script was written by Robert David. Original music is played by George Wright. This program is fictional, and any resemblance to actual persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This is Bob Martin saying, when minutes count, use Old Dutch Cleanser. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.
3: And that's Nick Carter, Master Detective from April 20th, 1947, with A Case of the Lucrative Rex, starring Lon Clark, also in the cast, Charlotte Manson and Ed Latimer, sponsored by Old Dutch Cleanser, as heard on Mutual. And see what I have here, Lisa?
4: I sure do, Carl. This that's is Remind Magazine.
3: Remind Magazine. This is a phenomenal magazine. All of our listeners should get this magazine. It's absolutely awesome, and not just because I write an article in it every month. So
4: tell us what's awesome about it.
3: Well, I mean, uh, Remind Magazine is America's monthly blast from the past. Everything you could imagine from the golden age of radio, movies, and films are in this magazine. You won't believe how much fun this magazine Look at how cool this magazine is.
4: Are you going to tell us about the article that you wrote for us?
3: I wrote in the September issue, I wrote an article all about Bob Hope. Right. And But I write articles on uh, all kinds of stuff. War of the Worlds is coming up and Abbott Costello and Jack. Benny and all kinds of great things. So, what can we look
4: forward to for the October issue? I I wrote,
3: uh, I I wrote an article about the War of the Worlds. Oh, that's next month. Yeah, yeah, article. So, Remind is available at Barnes and Noble stores throughout the country. But since I write for the magazine, I'll let you in on a secret: you can get it for about sixty percent less by buying it online at RemindMagazine.com. Can you beat that with a ten-foot pole? Just go to RemindMagazine.com. All right, Lisa? All right, Carl. Time now for Abbott and Costello. This is from December 16th, 1943. It has special guest Lynn Barry. Here's part one of the Abbott and Costello show.
2: The Abbott and Costello program.
1: Tonight's special guest, star of the 20th Century Fox picture, Pampico, Miss Lynn Barry, and starring Bud Abbott and Lou Costello.
6: What's the matter? Hey, Abbott,
2: come on, come on. Help me get dressed, please. I've got to get to the broadcast right away. Take it easy. There's lots of time. What's the excitement? Excitement? Tonight we're having Lynn Barry as our guest star. And I'm going to make love to her. Boy, oh, boy. All right. See, if I'm late, she might walk out of me. So watch, Let her walk out. There's plenty of fish in the sea. Yeah, but who wants to park in a dock with a shark? Oh, <laughs> please. Never mind. Come on. Get your clothes on and let's go. Okay, now, kid. Hey, listen, Abbott. I'm waiting for my new suit. Boy, it's going to be beautiful. It is? The most gorgeous suit you ever saw. Is that right? Yeah, the coat is red with green stripes. It's got pink lapels and orange buttons. Wait a minute. A red coat with green stripes, pink lapels, and orange buttons? Yeah. I suppose you're going to wear yellow pants. What? And have people stare at me? Oh. <laughs> what do you think I am? I'm a dope. Uh, yellow pants. Yeah. They clash with my purple shoes. Your purple shoes? (laughs) Surely I never heard of such a thing. yellow pants. All right, all right. Drop the pants. I can't. Why not? (laughs) My red underwear won't match my lavender vest. They are. (laughs) Now, don't be ridiculous. I wouldn't let you meet Lynn Barry in clothes like that. You'd better wear one of my suits. Here, I'll lend you my uh, dress suit. That old thing, it's full of moth holes. Oh, there isn't a single moth in that suit. You said it. They're all married and got children. Now, wait a minute. (laughs) Just a minute. We don't have any moths in our clothes closet. No moths, eh? Now. Just open that closet door and see. Okay, I will. No moths, see? Alright, so there's one. One! That was the mother. Here comes the children. That last one was just hatched. That's a brand new baby okay. moth. Well, all right, forget about the moth. See, look, I'll lend you one of my other suits. Now let's see. There's the uh, worsted, a plaid, a tweed, and that dark one is a twill. A twill? Certainly. Didn't you ever have a twill? Oh sure. I get a big twill when I ride on the Wall of Ah no! <laughs> Don't be silly. Wait I a minute. No twilly. Here's just the suit for you. It belongs to my father. It's his dinner suit. Uh, there's a little breakfast on it too. No 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 no! You dummy. <laughs> This is his soup and fish. It looks like egg to me. Listen, Costas, <laughs> when you lived at home, didn't your family dress for dinner? Why, certainly we dressed. Well, what do you think we did, come to the table in our underwear? Look, what's the matter with you? Didn't you ever wear dinner clothes? Yeah, I always wear pajamas. Pajamas are not dinner clothes. They are for eating bed. in <laughs> That isn't what I mean. You see, as long as I can remember, the men in our family have always worn their tails to dinner. That's a very pretty picture. Yes, it is. Where I come from, a man with tails is called a gentleman. Where I come from, we call him a monkey. Oh. I mean, after all, that's, the that's uh, what they call him. Come in. Oh, it's Ken Isle, Say, Ken. Costello needs a suit in a hurry. Can he borrow yours? Uh, Well, uh, I'll have to go outside and ask a little woman. little woman? Her neck alone is three feet long. I heard that remark, Costello. I'll have you know my neck is not long. Oh, no? Last time I saw a neck like that, a jockey was bending over it. (laughs) Am I insulting you? Woo! How dare you compare me to a horse? Why, I have an aristocratic face. My grandfather was a Count. You're right, Count Fleet. <laughs> Kenneth, are you going to stand there and let Costello compare me to a horse?
6: Nay, nay. Well, um, that was a
2: very snappy part. Costello, Costello, with your appearance, you're a fine one to talk about Mrs. Niles. Certainly. Just look at yourself, fat boy. I'm not fat. Oh, no? I saw you fall down yesterday and you rocked yourself to sleep trying to get up.
6: <laughs> oh, no.
2: Now, look, let's stop this fighting. Uh, look, Mrs. Niles, Costello has to borrow a suit for the broadcast tonight. Uh, yes, dear, uh, may I lend him mine? Kenneth Niles, before I let you do that, I'd lock you up in the attic. But uh, Gee, dear, you, you just let me out.
6: <laughs> uh,
2: come in. Hello, boys. Oh, it's my friend Meyer, the butcher. What's going on, Meyer? Oh, boy, am I excited. What is happening to me today shouldn't happen to two dogs. One dog couldn't handle it. <laughs> Why? What's the matter? Well, it's my wife, Sophie. After ten years, it's going to happen. The day is the day, and I got to be by her side. So you got to come over right away, Louie, and take care of my butcher shop, huh? Now, wait a minute, Meyer. I can't do that. We're going to broadcast. I'm going to do a love scene with, Ly- with Lynn Barry. But, Louie, would you rather do a love scene with Lynn Barry than mind mine butcher shop? Can a duck swim? That's a silly answer. You ask silly questions, you get silly answers. <laughs> Tuzgalla, come on. We have to get to the studio. Wait a minute, mean, wait a minute. Mean, think of my wife. Louie, you'll never do anything for me. Meyer, you shouldn't say that. Now, I do. Now, five years ago, I gave you the money to open up the butcher shop. And when you were sick, I paid for the operation. Then when the government was going to put you in jail, I paid your income tax. And six months ago, when your house was on fire, I ran into the burning building and saved your life. And you say I never do anything for you. Yeah, but what have you done for me lately? Well, Costello, you had to open your big mouth. Just because you want to help Meyer. We're stuck here in a butcher shop. Now, come on. We might as well get the orders out. Uh, You dress the chickens. Me dress the chickens? Why should I? They're old enough to dress themselves. No, I'll dress the chickens. You bring me the other fowl. What fowl? Duck. Why should I duck? I'm not ashamed to help Meyer. No, I mean duck. Duck in the icebox. Why should I duck in the icebox? You duck in the icebox, you big sissy. Now here, take it easy. I'm glad to help my friend Meyer and his wonderful little woman. All right. I know what they're going through. Why, only last week a little stranger came to live at our house. Really? Yes, my sister married a midget. Oh, come on. (laughs) Costello, you're impossible. Hello, Meyer's butcher shop. Hello, this is Meyer on the wire. Oh, Meyer, how's the wife? Anything happen yet? No, Louie, it's a very slow process. How's things by the shop? Oh, listen, Meyer, Mrs. Jones sent back the Christmas turkey you sold her. She says it only has one leg. What does she want to do, eat it or dance with it? <laughs> oh. Well, did Meyer say when he's coming back? Do you realize that Lynn Barry's probably at the studio now waiting for us? Now, Abbott, this is more important. Let her wait. I got plenty of women waiting for me. Fifty, sixty, seventy. Fifty, sixty, seventy. Yes, and I wish I could find some a little younger. Oh come on! Now, Abbott, beautiful women always chase me. At any minute, a gorgeous girl is apt to walk in that door. Oh, there you are, Costello. Oh. Oh. So you want to borrow my Kenneth suit, eh? So you were going to make love to Lynn Barry, eh? And now I find you in a butcher shop, eh? You're going to run out of eight coupons. Costello, for your information, Mrs. Niles is one of Meyer's best customers. Yeah. Now take her order. Huh? I said take her order. Take her order where? uh... Did you come in with an order? Never mind that. What do you want me to take it? Just take it. somebody is lost. I, uh, I... (laughs) Mr. Costello. Yes, dear. I want 20 cents worth of dog meat. Shall I wrap it up or do you want to eat it here?
6: (laughs) The last straw. Now,
2: you see? Now, look what you've done. Oh, I've never been so insulted in all my life. After all these years of trading with my eyes, I, I have to come in here and be humiliated. It
6: sounds okay, 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 Costello. Oh. Costello.
2: Costello, don't stand there. Apologize. Okay. Come on. Mrs. Niles, if I said anything to offend you, I'm glad of it. Uh, <laughs> Costello, I said apologize. Okay. Mrs. Niles, I'm sorry I suggested that you eat the dog meat here. <laughs> Is that better? That's much better. Wait until you get home.
6: Ah! Costello! Oh! That's
2: all. Cancel my order. Well, you lost Mrs. Niles' order, Costello. You'll have to change your slip. I can't, it. What do you mean you can't change your slip? I'm not wearing any. Oh! <laughs> oh, pardon me. Where do I find Lou Costello? That ain't well, me. That's
6: me. <laughs> where do
2: I find Lou Costello? Here I am over by the pickle barrel. Well, raise your hand so I'll know which one is you. Hey, <laughs>
6: uh, yeah,
2: Abbott, who is his
3: fresh name? Costello. Don't you recognize her? Lynn Barry. And let's take a break from Abbott and Costello. We'll have more after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio
1: on Hollywood 360.
3: Next time, it's the conclusion to the Abbott and Costello show with special guest Lynn Barry. Then it's Rebecca Good Murder Mystery from 1948 on the Screen Guild Theater. That's next time. Make sure you're with us. We'll see you then.